March 4th, 2016, my name is Kellen Conley, and this is Hyphen Nation. Snow in Morgantown, go figure. It was, uh, it was just really nice on Tuesday, I think. It was super nice. Thinking spring is sprung. <laughs> Psych. Not quite. Had rain the other day. Temperatures dropped. Got real cold two days ago. And now we got this spitting snow. Nothing nothing too serious. Where I feel like, oh no! We're about to get another blizzard or anything like that. But, uh... It's, it's still snowing. Coming to you live... From the parking lot at Kroger in the Suncrest Town Center in Morgantown, West Virginia. Aside from the snow, and it's 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 a good morning, man. I mean, it, like I said, it's not a serious snow. It's more like a rain snow. Um, and when I say a rain snow, like it's consistent, but it's just making stuff wet. It's not really sticking to anything other than the cars and the grass. So shouldn't be too much trouble for anybody, I wouldn't imagine. And then I say that, and then I'll be stuck in traffic until 7.30 tonight trying to get home. So there's always that. Um, Shout out to, uh, to that Facebook group I mentioned last week. Um, of course, the, the guy who brought me in, Eric Greenlee, he, uh, he's been listening to the show and has been checking it out. So shout out to him. A couple other members of the group checked out the show. She shout out to y'all. And right now as we speak, they're they're messaging. Uh they're doing their good morning messages and stuff. I can't I can't really tell y'all this though. Cause it's is a secret thing. Like the group exists, but I can't tell you about it because it, it's just that cool, man. It's like it's like secret double probationary cool. Yeah. <laughs> So shout out to the league, man. Got a variety of topics that I could get into. Dude in this blue car with his thin mustache is parked next to me. He's kind of sitting here. He's like, oh, do I want to get out? I don't know. I'm something happened yesterday at work. But I'm not I'm not gonna get into it right now. It's too fresh. And I don't want to sit here and rant on my podcast. Even though I easily could, and I feel like I deserve to, I'm not going to do that because that's that's dumb, and I should probably come back to it with a level head, so to speak. But I do have six topics ready to go, so we can always discuss those. <laughs> uh, I guess the first one I'm gonna get into is called "Just One of the Girls." And when I say just one of the girls, I don't know what it is. It's it's a gift and a curse. Because it doesn't matter what woman I run into or encounter in this world. They will tell me everything. And I don't know how to turn it on or off. I'm not mad at it. I've, I've grown accustomed to it. But it's just strange because I I feel like, I mean, I don't feel like I'm a super effeminate dude, you know? If that's even the right word. I know that uh, one of my mom's best friends thought I was gay (laughs) at one point. But uh, obviously, I've cleared that up for having a kid and being married. And I could show her my healthy, my very healthy... um, obsessions I choose to partake in but not to get too off the rails here but I don't I don't know when this started 
I guess it was in college, maybe, maybe even high school. But some of my, some of the people I've considered really good friends have been women, and still consider really good friends as women. Um, it's one of the reasons why I ended up with angels because we established a a good friendship first, and then I spent a year trying to knock down that wall, like, like. Hey, can please let me be your boyfriend. Na, 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 na. Please let me be your boyfriend. Na, 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 na. Please, na, na, you know. <laughs> um, and then she's like, and I was like, you know what? I don't care. And she's like, I love you. And I was like, yes, I love you too. I was. It was all a ploy. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how she would say it happened. But I, I just have this rapport with women where they will tell me all of their just to say it's shit it doesn't matter they just open up to me and not to say that i don't get that from dudes as well though so maybe it's not so much that i'm just one of the girls but there's something about me that people want to talk to me and that actually is one of the reasons why i wanted to do hyphenation is because people are willing to open up and talk to me like for example, I um there's this one member that comes in. He's like in his seventies, eighties, completely has his wits about him. Um, good dude. And I actually helped his son get some loans because he's trying to re- reestablish some credit after some horrific things happened with uh his uh, mortgage situation and stuff a few years back. He stopped in the other day. And I'm thinking he wanted to put some money in his son's account or, or. Um, asked me a question about something. Maybe he was interested in getting a loan. He just stopped in because he was in the area to just say hello to me. And the age gap is real. I'm 33. Like I said, he's 70, 80 year, years old. Um, and, and he just wanted to stop and talk to me. And, and I find that kind of stuff amazing. Um. Of course, I talk, I've mentioned her a few times on the podcast. Heather is one of my best friends. Heather is married with two children. Um, shout out to Chris Carrico and Jackson and Kira. Um, but I talk to Heather every single day. And what do we talk about? Most of the time, it's just dumb pop culture stuff that we both enjoy. There's nothing wrong with that. But then at the same time, when... Things happen and I need to talk like I needed to yesterday. I was able to talk to her or vice versa. When she has things going on, she'll tell me because I'm not going to sit here and judge her. And that, and then spur, spur, spurning, spinning off of that idea, Nikki, my sister-in-law, has been one of my best friends for years because we lived together from like 09 to 2012. And we were in the same house all the time. And I pretty much was the buffer, so to speak, between her and Angel, because Nikki wanted to party and do her own thing, you know? She's in college. And Angel wanted her to be a little bit more responsible. So sometimes I did feel like I was the buffer between um, between those two. But even with that, Nikki would be another best friend that um, I would turn to whenever I needed to talk to. Like, I talked to Nikki. Um, we don't talk-talk every single day, just like me and Heather don't talk-talk, but it's constant correspondence through Facebook Messenger or text messages or and it's just random stuff but like me when Nikki came in for Christmas um she brought that bottle she brought me a great bottle of scotch um oh there's a picture of it on my Instagram I can't think of what it was called I'm going to take this shot and try to find it but she brought me this nice bottle of scotch and it had two little um bottles of scotch that came with it and for like the first day and a half that she was there. Like everybody else is going to bed and they're tired and everything. Like me and Nikki just kicked it and watched TV and drank scotch and it was awesome. And it was also much needed at the time. Um, because that's that's just the kind of stuff one. Like me and Nikki used to drink together all the time when um she was younger, but now I feel like we do it even not even more, but I feel like it's the more responsible adult way before we just want to get smashed out of our minds, which we successfully did plenty of times. Glenn Livett. She brought me a 12-year-old Glenn Livett 
bottle of scotch. It was excellent. So shout out to Nikki. Um, so I, I just have this, I have this great relationship with women, but not just women, honestly. It's, it's everybody I encounter. And like I said, one reason I want to do hyphenation is because since people are so willing to open up to me, I feel like once I do get out of the Kroger parking lot weekly, um, which actually may be coming soon because me and Angel just got a pre-approval to buy a home. So soon, very soon, I might have my own space to record in my own house again. Yes. Which also might mean new music. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Got a little carried away. Um, but I do want to sit down with people and talk to them. Cause I, I don't know anybody famous who will talk to me. Um, but I just want to sit down and interview my friends and find out what interesting stories that they want to share with me. There's stories I've heard before, stuff I've never heard before. Because when it's just me, obviously, hyphenation is about the stuff I find that's going on in my life that I find interesting that I want to talk about while I'm sitting here in the Kirkland parking lot. But when I sit down for these interviews, I really just want to, I just really want to get to know a person. And because I have this gift and slash curse to have people open up for me, pause. I know pause isn't cool anymore, but it just felt necessary. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to doing the interviews here down the line. But shit, this episode eight. <laughs> so who knows when that might happen? Moving on. The other day, a DJ friend of mine, his name is DJ Dollar. He's the official... Game time DJ for the West Virginia Mountaineers basketball. He spins at both the men's and women's home games. In fact, I think he's wrapping up his season because I think the girls might have one more game if they haven't already played their last home game. And the um, guys just finished up um, on Wednesday night when they blew out um, Texas Tech. DJ Dollar. He uh he was advertising that he was going to be on the radio on my old um uh, at my old radio station U92 um FM WWVU FM Morgantown 91.7 if you're in Morgantown area or go to u92.wvu.edu listen to it live or shout out to my girl Casey Hoffman U92 FM app for your Apple devices and your Android devices. So you can listen to it anytime you want to. Support my radio station. He says he's going to be on there, which is awesome. I'm like, oh, cool. Dollar's going to be on there. So I, I, I imagine he was going to be spinning and stuff. Um, So there was a picture of him sit up in the DJ booth with all his stuff and plugged in so that he could spin some tunes out. And it was the exact setup that Cortez used to set up and in fact, the same setup that E would set up when they would DJ in the booth. Now, um, because E was an alumni and he was an official employee of the station, it was never a problem for E to kind of bring his stuff in and set his stuff up. That wasn't an issue. The main issue was me bringing Cortez in, DJ Strizzy. Strizzy was not an alumni. I was bringing him on as a guest of my show. And he would come in and be spinning live and everything. And God rest his soul. I'm about to say some disparaging stuff, I, I, but I have to get off my chest. Alex Gavula was the station manager, general manager, after Kim Harrison, who hired was part of the process of hiring me in 2005. Alex was an old school alumni who came back and he wanted things done a certain way. With that said, Alex didn't want to take chances that he didn't think of, so to speak, to put it nicely. Um, so when it came to the DJs and stuff, especially the specialty shows like mine, because I was the Urban Donner director at the time. When it came to the specialty shows and stuff, he would not 
he wouldn't let us do certain things. Like me and E would, we would actually be broadcasting our shows live from the booth on Ustream every Tuesday and Thursday. He told us we shouldn't be doing that because somebody could see the stuff we have in the booth and decide to come rob the station. Granted, that is a very accurate thought. I mean, the station back door wasn't closed all the time. Anybody can get buzzed in. It's a very laid-back atmosphere. Even the university really doesn't care about the station and what's going on in there, at least back when I was there. So the theft thing was a viable concern. I understand that. So eventually we did stop streaming the shows live. But if I recall correctly, when I brought Cortez in there a few times, and Cortez set up his tables and everything, was spinning live on the radio, all clean music, Alex was never a fan of that. Um, and there's a lot of things Alex wasn't a fan of. Um, Osti actually bumped heads with him a lot over sports-related um, sports stuff. And it's not to say anything... I mean, Alex knew his shit. He was a good guy. He had a good heart, and he, was, he, he passed away way too soon. But I still feel a little, I still hold gr- a grudge about some of the things that he prevented me from doing that I see happening at the station now. Granted, Matt Fowdy, who's a gr- great friend of mine, is now the general manager at U92. He brought me and Osti back to do the alumni marathon in December. Was it or November? November or December, and we had a great time. And he, he's doing a lot of things that is trying to make the station more viable and visible again, um, and more of a priority when it comes to WVU. And I can see it happening all over the place. But to see Dollar in that sta- in the station spinning, even though it was just a picture, I got a little pang of of uh, jealousy, little little hate raging up from me just because of the fact that I was denied and constantly stopped on stuff like that because Cortez even at one point got hired by my, another friend of mine, Stephen Hoops, another U92 alumni. You should actually follow Stephen Hoops on Twitter and on Snapchat. I believe both of his handles are Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot Hoops um, on both of those. He's great on both and he's a good friend of mine. And I did beat him in NBA 2K11 at fourth and goal um, one time. You can ask him about it. <laughs> but my point being, um, Stephen Hoops had hired Cortez and as a D, an Urban Nara DJ, and still Hoops and Cortez were constantly, excuse me, I'm moving my mic a little bit. Hoops and Cortez were constantly under fire from Alex to make changes or do things different. Because Cortez brought his own tables to spin and just plugged in. There's no reason for Cortez to learn how to do the basics of of doing of being a DJ, of doing the DJ stuff. You know what I mean? He was there for one thing, especially show, and that was it. And there's other members of U92 who might still be there, who do one show, and that's it. They don't do the other shows. They don't understand regular rotation. So I, I did get a little bit of resentment coming back up after all these years, and Alex has been gone for like maybe two or three years now, about the fact of all the roadblocks I was given when it came to the Urban Donner and um, things I wanted to do, and then I see my homie Dollar in there spinning in the booth, no problem. So I guess I could take it as, without me taking those steps back in 2010, um, 2011, maybe. I think it was 2010, 2011. Um, without me taking those steps to do those things and then get called back down on them, Dollar wouldn't be able to go in there and just do a, a guest spot on the, or and plug in and spin in the booth. I was one of the first people that did that, that I know of. Me and, me and Mastalon, me and E. But God rest Alex's soul. He was a good person. We just bumped heads on some things. But I, I just felt the need to address that. I don't know. I guess I'm being a little petty. But I'm in a petty mood, too. So 
but I'm not going to go into that. But I am going to get into a work-related topic. One of my coworkers, I'm not going to say her name because I don't need anybody looking up her on Facebook or anything like that. One of the co- my coworkers has pretty much been the Newman to my Seinfeld for the past year and a half. I like her. She's a nice person. But when it comes to work, we just would constantly, once again, bump heads. Apparently, this is the bumping heads episode. We would constantly be at, not even at odds, because my major issue with her is I felt like she was lazy. I felt like she didn't listen to instruction and she just kind of did what she wanted and nobody else was calling her out on it. And that I was the only one seeing this. And then later, one of my other coworkers was seeing it too. And that she would constantly be asking me questions that didn't need to be asked. And I was always put in a position to um, be the person to help her with stuff. But it eventually got to a point where she really didn't need help with certain things. And it was just constantly. Every day, like I dreaded coming to work some days because I knew I'd have to work with her. And it's not that she was mean or anything, but it was just her work ethic. And it just drove me nuts. I felt like she could do whatever she wanted and get away with it. But if I do one thing, then I'm getting called down on it. Granted, I am a supervisor. I'm not, she is at a, she was a, she was a teller. So I was held in a higher regard, but, and not that I was going out of my way to do things wrong, but I felt like when she did things wrong, it was overlooked. And I didn't think that was very fair. And she was, and she was just sometimes overly bubbly. I can handle a bubbly personality. Shout out to my friend, Anna. It took me a few weeks, but I did get used to it. And I love Anna now, but her, she was just so over the top with it. And I felt like she always had this need to be liked, maybe, that she overcompensated. And it, it was just a constant struggle to maintain this, uh, I don't even call it a friendship, um, to maintain this work environment. But I, I dealt with it. I put my head down. Second time I've had to do this at my job where I didn't like somebody worked there and I just... I just trucked on through it. I was just put on my brave face because that's what you do. When you're in a job that you like and you want to keep it and you want to advance your career there, I'm not going to get into it. You, uh, you, you bite the bullet sometimes. And I, I, this is the second time I bit the bullet. And I bit the bullet longer for her than I did the first person because the first person ended up quitting because it was, it was too hard to work and go back to school. So she quit. But then she quit school right after that. Uh, I really, no, that other person, I absolutely didn't like her. <laughs> Nothing about her I liked. Wouldn't throw water on her if she was on fire. I'm sorry. I, I'm that petty. It's a petty day. This is either going to be called bumping heads or petty time or MC petty time or something. Because I'm being super petty over here and I can't help it. I feel bad. Is this girl walking around the Kroger parking lot? Sorry to. Straight off topic. But this girl, I saw her walking when I first pulled in. Yeah, she's definitely making a loop. Okay. Shout out to you. You might be trying to get some exercise in, so don't let me be judging. I'm already judging enough people right now. Anyway, about the Newman thing. Homegirl is gone. She had been looking into going back to school in Virginia. She has many degrees, but she wanted to go back to school. Again, apparently she found classes in Virginia she's interested in taking. But more importantly, she got hired by a credit union in Virginia. They hired her. She did interviews with them two weeks ago. They offered her the job on last Thursday, and she accepted 
and her last day was this past Saturday with me. I haven't seen her since. And of course you know what happens, right? All these months I've bitched about having to work with her and complained and moaned and I don't like working with so-and-so. She's, I can't do it. She's annoying. I think she's lazy. She's not doing her job. She doesn't follow instructions. She does her own thing. I definitely have to name this episode Petty. Something. And now she's gone. I don't miss her. First and foremost, I don't miss her at all. So before y'all get that in your head, like, oh, he misses her. No. <laughs> no, I do not. Nice try. I ain't missing you at all. Missing you. Since you been gone away. Sorry. But it's weird. I haven't watched all of Seinfeld, like I said in one of the early episodes. I just got into it. Um, so I haven't seen all the episodes. But I have a feeling there is some episode somewhere where Newman leaves and Jerry feels some kind of way about it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they never touched on that topic. But it's just weird. It's like having your arch nemesis suddenly taken away. Like, you know how many Batman stories are out there? Well, here, let's take The Dark Knight Returns, for example. Batman retires. Joker, 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 Joker isn't in a coma, but he goes catatonic, so to speak. He's still alive, still breathing, but he doesn't talk. He doesn't care about anything. Or the 10 or so years that Batman's retired. Then as soon as Batman comes out of retirement to go get Two-Face, what happens? Joker comes back. And then they're like, oh, let's take you on the David Endocrine show. And then he kills the whole audience in, in David Endocrine. And of course, Batman's out on the trail. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't read Dark Knight Returns or watched the movies now. It, it's It's different. And I, I know there will be another one who will take her place where it's like they're constantly annoying me at work or they just get on my nerves. I know someone is going to take that role. I'm not going to get lucky enough to not have that. You deal with that in any, any job, honestly. But it's just different now because she's gone and Things are going smoothly as far as the teller line work, because I'm not going to get into it. And uh, I just, um, and I uh, just, um, and I, and I just, um, and I, and I, I'm sorry, I'm doing that. It's just different. So I wish her the best of luck, best of luck and everything. I hope she doesn't come back. Because I keep knocking on wood, hoping that something to come back. It's like, I decided I didn't like Virginia. I'm going to come back. Is that okay? Because more likely than not, they're like, sure, no problem. And I'm like, Ugh. and I don't want to deal with that. Next topic. Mario Cartway. Mario Kart Wii. That's a good one to come back on. Because it's 9.22, 23. I got to be clocking in at work at 9.35, I think. If I'm wrong and I don't clock in until 10.35, I'll just come back out and finish the show. <laughs> but if I'm am right, I'll come back on my lunch break and knock out the rest of these topics. Still got three topics, a couple recommendations. It's been a real interesting show so far, I think. In between all the button heads and the and the pettiness, the pedophores. So this won't be a break for you, but it will be a break for me. It'll be seamless, just like I always planned it. So I'm gonna take a break. When I come back, Mario Kart Wii, 
Steph Curry, and bacon wrap pizza. So Mario Kart Wii, sitting at the house on Saturday night, our friends Gary and Brandy came over. And, I, I mean, Gary had brought over some of that, that hard orange soda that Instagram the other night that's delicious, by the way. I wonder if I can get my Instagram and pull that up so I can tell you the exact name of that. Because that should be in the recommendations. It's be my first beer recommendation, in fact. It is called Henry's Hard Soda. Yeah. Delicious. Amazing. Could have drank more than the three I had. So really good stuff there. Came over some Henry's Hard Soda. We're sitting there, and I'm like, huh, what do I want to do? I know. Let me put in my... Sega Genesis Classic on the PS3, and me and Gary can sit here and play a couple games. So we played Streets of Rage 2. Did pretty well, but we didn't we didn't beat it. But we did uh, get to the boss right before the uh, the final stage. Get to the state, yeah, the boss right before the final stage. If that makes any sense. So that happened. That was awesome. Um, but then. I don't know what we were doing. I think we were still playing game, playing, I know, playing Mean Bean Machine. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. We were playing that. Now, I first discovered this game playing the Sonic's, uh, the Sonic collection for my PS2 years ago, which has a whole bunch of the Sonic games that came out for the PS2 and Game Gear and stuff like that. I was playing that, and I discovered this game, and me and Angel actually... Um, enjoy playing every now and again. So I was like, hey, play this game. So we were playing it, and I was whooping his ass, of course. Um, so he decides he wants to come out of his mouth and be like, oh, well, somehow I don't know how we got on top of Mario Kart Wii, but he said something about last time you played Mario Kart Wii, you didn't realize I had played before, and, I, and uh, you lost. So you know, me being who I am, is more people come rolling in right now. I'm on lunch break watching all the people come in to the drive-thru. It's kind of hilarious. I had to break out my Wii. Had to take care of business real quick. So first time through, we all, we, I don't think either one of us placed. I had a weird glitch happen where I tried to jump over a ramp and suddenly I was going backwards and I couldn't get going the right direction. So I ended up losing that and, he didn't do too well either. Second one, I don't know if I took first. I feel like I took first. And then he came in like second, or I think he came in fourth. And then the last one, hit him with the perfect game, took all four of the races, um, all first places, first place, perfect game. And so you can't test me on Mario Kart Wii is basically the, the premise is the main idea of this story. I bought Mario Kart Wii in 2008. I was uh, crashing at my friend Jonathan and my friend Ed's house at that time. And I mean, that game just became my life. I didn't have anything else to do. I didn't have a job. I had like a little part-time, um, what do you call it, telemarketing job that I only had to do a few days a week. Um, it, that was a rough time in my life. But I did have Mario Kart Wii, so um, I was always playing Mario Kart Wii there, and then um, eventually I did complete everything on there, unlocked all the courses. I think I only have like one racer who's not unlocked. But I might have them unlocked too. I think I've unlocked everything there is unlocked on that game. Beat all the bike races, beat all the regular races. So so I've seen my share of things, so to speak, when it comes to Mario Kart. The only person who I've met who consistently gives me a run for my money on Mario Kart is Matt. Because he's just as insane as I am. So we pretty much go back and forth. It, and we always finish like one or two. Sometimes one of us have a bad game, but normally it's neck and neck just between us. We go at it. The only people I think I'm worried about on Mario Kart Wii, if someone really wanted to put it out there on the table, would be 
the ones who use the manual transmission and know how to drift. Because I have not mastered that. I'm an automatic guy. But the drifting, you can make your own little speed boost off of it. And I've seen it in action. It's crazy. And one day, I may still sit down if I have the time to actually learn how to do this the proper way. Because I can't, I don't want to lose. I know one day I'm going to run into some drifter. And he's going to whoop my ass. It's going to make me so angry. So I need to learn the drifting. But anybody want to see me on Mario Kart Wii, you can't do it over the internet anymore. Because uh, they discontinued uh, the internet service for the Nintendo Wii because, of course, they put out the Wii U. But if you come see me, I come see you. You got a Wii. I'll take you down. I prefer to have a nunchuck, though. So that's just me. But I'll take you down whatever way. But I am a, I am a Wii remote, Wii remote, Wii remote, and nunchuck kind of guy. Next topic. Steph Curry. The same night as the Mario Wii beatdown took place. <laughs> was the same night that Steph Curry demolished the Warriors and the Warriors demolished the Thunder in overtime. First of all, as a former Seattle SuperSonics supporter, I am not a huge fan of the Thunder as a franchise. Love Durantula, love KD, love Westbrook. I think they're a great team. They're fun to watch. But they lost to him last night. They lost to him on Saturday. They blew a big lead against the Clippers the other night. Thunder's having some trouble. And I know I'm talking about sport ball, but this is not. This goes beyond sport ball. The Thunder are having a little trouble, but it could just be a little rut. It's only March. They got another month before the playoffs start. But Steph Curry, man, I didn't, I didn't, we tuned in after I finished demolishing Gary. And there was like four or five minutes ago when the Thunder had a, a decent lead. Excuse me. So I'm thinking, I think the Thunder are going to pull it off. I think they can do it. They got the lead, man. They're at home. They got, one of the best players in the NBA. They got two of the best players in the NBA, in fact. They should be able to do this. And then you just saw the series of errors, ha- errors happen. The foul on Egladala, on Egladala, and not even that. Clay Thompson hitting the um, jumper to bring him within two. Egladala getting fouled by KD. KD deciding to throw out of a press rather than call timeout a trap. Agudala hitting his free throws. And then KD's not-so-great attempt to... Sorry, I'm telling His not-so-great attempt to tie the game. It was a good... I mean, hell. It was, it was online. He almost made it. But then Durant fouled out. Curry took over. And there wasn't any doubt in my mind. I can't imagine him being down in anybody else's mind that Curry was going to shoot that after he crossed half court. He had the ball coming up, and there was time on the clock. It's like he's going to fire it, and then he crosses half court. And, of course, he nailed it. Because Steph Curry has become an event. And when I say an event, there's few things in life, at least when it comes to sport, sports, that become an event. I sold E on going to see Rousey's fight before she lost to home because I was like, she's like Tyson. She's an event. You got to see her. You got to see her in person. Because at that point, I'd seen her, I think, two or three times actually fight live. And then he came and she she took down her opponent. And that was like, pop, pop, pop. That was the, la- her, 
the last fight she had before home. Can't remember who it was, but suck her down. Michael Jordan was an event. Larry Bird was an event. Magic Johnson was an event. Shaq in his prom was an event. Kobe was an event at one point. And he's an event right now because he's retiring. Because he's retiring. I'm trying to think other sports. Um, Mario Lemieux, he was an event when he was younger. Because he played, I mean, of course, he played a long time after he first came back. But he was an event. Um, Baseball. Um, Randy Johnson, King Griffey. I don't know why I went Randy Johnson. King Griffey was an event in the 90s. When I say an event, it's not just about seeing this player play. It's about... Seeing them play because you know they're going to do something special. And that's why I compared Ronda to Tyson. Because it was the exact same thing with her until she lost. And even then, her next fight is going to be an event. Brock Lesnar, when he wrestles now, is an event. Even though it's scripted, it's still an event. At UFC, he was an event. John Cena is an event. I'm just thinking of people and saying, it's an event. It's an event. Conor McGregor, who defends on Saturday night, is an event. Holly Holm may be on the cusp of becoming an event herself, depending on what she does to Misha Tate on Saturday. There's only few times in your lifetime that you can, when, to, when you can watch a player when they are an event. You can watch a player their whole career and still miss out when they were in this kind of zone. What Steph Curry has done to the league, let alone what the Warriors have done to the league this year, it's crazy. It's it's happening twice in my lifetime. This is the third time in my dad's lifetime. I mean, because before it was the Lakers in the 70s, then the Bulls, and now the Warriors. And before the Lakers, I can't remember who the team that was really good before them that had the best record. I want to say it was the, the Knicks. So it doesn't happen that often. Barry Sanders event. We're watching history in the making. What Steph did to the war, the Thunder last night was ridiculous. Bad ankle. Took a couple days off. Came back and lit him up. Not just on the outside this time. He was inside laying it up all over the place. LeBron was slash is an event. I say that because it's not as special to see LeBron as maybe it was when he was in Miami or even when he was younger in Cleveland. Jordan was an event until he left the Bulls. And even then, when he came back, he was still an event based off of what he was able to do in the 90s with the Wizards. Well, when he came back with the Wizards, you know what I'm saying. So, I think it's very important that even non-sport fans, sport ball fans, Take the time to watch Steph Curry in action. Only because Kawhi Leonard actually said something about him not being a superstar because his is all based off only one season, he said. When we've seen a progression, obviously, he feels like this is just one season because he takes things one season at a time because Kawhi Leonard's special too. But... I don't think Steph Curry will ever play this well again. Just like I don't think Derrick Rose will ever play up to his MVP season level again. Sure, what, four knee surgeries later? Of course not. But I'm just saying that when a player is playing that well, 
it's very important to watch them in action at that time. Because I can't think of anything specific, specific right now, but there's been times where I've missed out on an athlete at the peak of their powers, as I like to call it. I think I stole that from Simmons. And then I watch them afterwards, and I'm always like, oh, I'll see what's so special, because I wasn't paying attention when they were in their event mode. So regardless of whether Steph repeats as MVP, which he will, whether the Warriors break the Bulls record, which they will, whether the Warriors can repeat as NBA champions, still not committing to that because the Spurs are crazy good too. Watch Steph Curry. Watch the things he is doing this season and appreciate them. Because I highly doubt he will ever do this in a season again, but in the same way. Chamberlain only averaged 50 points in a season once. Oscar Robinson only averaged a triple-double once. He came close plenty of other times, which makes him another reason why everybody, why everybody says he's so great and why I agree he's great. Jordan only averaged 38 I want to say he was 37. 38 points a game one season. I think I was 88. Never got there again. When a player is playing this good, you don't want to miss him. And Steph Curry has gave us proof positive of that on Saturday and once again last night. Those poor Oklahoma City, oh, ah, those poor Oklahoma City Thunder, man. Maybe they need to just move back to Seattle. <laughs> Next topic. Bacon wrap pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so when Little Caesars came out with this last year, I was excited because I'm a huge bacon connoisseur, I like to call myself. I am trying to cut back. I really am. I actually got a burger last night from Tailpipes. It was excellent. Did not put bacon on it. So... And I've been trying not to get bacon when I go out to breakfast and stuff. I am trying to cut back on the pork. Bacon watts. Because I think I'm still eating sausage a lot. <laughs> not so much ham. And I got first time I got it and I, I had it. It was amazing. Oh, I loved it so much. Like I told I told the league, I was like, yo, that bacon wrap pizza. That's the truth right there. Y'all need to go get you some bacon-wrapped pizza. Your boy said so. It was so good, I think I bought a second one within days of having the first one. I didn't eat it by myself, mind you. But I'm just saying that it was that good. So for the rest of the time they had the bacon-wrapped pizza, Anytime I had it last year, it was absolutely awesome. It was the best thing I thought Little Caesars had ever made. Ever. It was that good. Then they took it off the menu because they hate me. And they don't want me to have bacon wrap pizza. They don't want us to have bacon wrap pizza. So we got bacon wrap pizza. Shout out to DJ Khaled. It had to be right after the Super Bowl. They came out the commercial saying, Bacon Wrap Pizza is back. So I ran. Well, Jog Leah was asleep. I rushed into the bedroom and I told Angel, I said, Hey, Bacon Wrap Pizza is back. She said, That's nice. Because she likes to humor me. That's why I married her. Cause just, just so I can be humored sometimes. Because I say some weird stuff. To be completely honest. So I was holding off. I was I was waiting for the good a good time to go give me some bacon wrap pizza. Because I figured it'd be around long enough for me to do so. And that night actually came on Monday night. I had to close. And pretty sure it was Monday. One of the nights this week. Uh, uh, it had to be Monday. Uh, yeah. 
I closed on Monday. And Angel and Aaliyah went to Little Caesars down the street from our house and got a bacon wrap pizza. So I was really excited about this. I get home after closing that night. Sit down to eat it. And it's just not the same. It's not that they did anything wrong. It tasted the same. It wasn't that it was too cold or too hot. But I, I didn't get the same satisfaction out of eating this bacon wrap pizza that I normally do. I love the bacon wrap pizza. It kind of hurt my heart a little bit. Because I had such good, positive memories from the last time. And then when I had this one, it was just kind of like, eh. So it goes back to that whole change in taste place thing. It might even be something to do with me. It might be more mental. Where it's like, you know what? I don't think I want to keep eating this kind of junk, which is what I've been trying to do less of. Maybe I'm trying to tell myself, you know, maybe the bacon wrap pizza is not as good as you thought, and it's all in your head. So, yeah. Had a disappointing bacon wrap pizza from Little Caesars. Cannot recommend them right now. I can based off my previous experiences. It's a hell of a, it's a, hell of a dish, and I like their deep dish pizza. Bar none. And yes, I said bar none. <laughs> um, it's one of my favorite pizzas that they make. I'll get that over hot and ready any day. Um, so to add bacon to the sides and the top, it just makes it even better. But, alas, wasn't meant to be for me in bacon wrap pizza anymore. So I'm glad to put that on my list as something I'm not going to eat anymore which is rapidly growing nowadays, which sucks, but it's true. It's damn true, unfortunately. And that's it. That was my last topic. We did it, guys. Hyphenation 8 is officially in the books. Well, until I, I got to still put it out and everything. But you get the point of what I'm trying to say. I hope. I had a really good time. I needed this. I, ne I almost didn't. I almost skipped it again. I was like, you know what? I'm mad. I don't feel like doing this. I should just, I'm just going to kick back and not worry about it. But once I get... The headset on and get behind the microphone and everything. It's a completely different story. I absolutely love doing hyphenation. Even if it's to talk about dumb stuff like bacon wrap pizza. It, I still I still enjoy it. And I know I got at least a couple listeners out there, so I appreciate Mark and Eric and members of the league and anybody else who's checked out the podcast so far. This is where I'm going to do my little song and dance for y'all. And that song and dance goes like this. We're on iTunes. Hyphenation's on iTunes. Go there. Subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And they go right to your iTunes. You can rate the show and you can leave a review. If you do that, hopefully that'll get more exposure for the show and more people will be tuning in and listening to me talk about being a man of the people. Because I am. I'm here for the people. I'm a man of the people. That's just what I do, man. If you don't like iTunes, show's also available on my Stitcher. So if you go to stitcher.com, whether you have the app, or whether you use the website, type in hyphenation, you'll see my smiling face. Click that. You got all the episodes right there. You can also 
get the RSS feed from FeedBurner. It's on podcast.behyphen.com. On the right side, you'll see a little, a long list that has all the shows on it. And you'll see hyphenation in there. And you'll see FeedBurner. Click that, plug that into your favorite podcast listening device, and you got it right there. Chia. Also on Mixcloud, as well as Victory Jump Off is on Mixcloud. Just mixcloud.com slash be hyphen. You'll see all the shows on there. So you can also listen to it that way. And YouTube, because all the hyphenations go on YouTube. So if you're one of those people, like my friend Thomas, like Thomas, who likes to sit there and listen to people talk on on YouTube, this is your option for you. So don't tell me there's no reason. Don't tell me, oh, I can't listen to it. You're a liar. Just tell me you don't want to listen to it. I'd rather hear you say I don't want to listen to it versus I I can't listen to it. Liar. Behyphen.com, podcast.behyphen.com, tricycleoffense.wordpress.com is where you can find all the shows, all my writing. Shout out to Anthony and Thomas on Tricycle, not on Tricycle, on behyphen.com and on podcast.behyphen.com. There is an Amazon link. If you click that and buy something from Amazon, a little bit of those proceeds will come back to me to support the show, and I'll probably buy Aaliyah something nice with it eventually. I just had to drop $119 to pay for web hosting for this year. That hurt. So any little bit you feel like throwing at me to make the pain less painful, bring it on. Appreciate that. What else? Be hyphen at gmail.com. Twitter at be hyphen. Facebook, type in Kellen Conley. And as always, if you don't look crazy, I'll add you. Google Plus, type in Kellen Conley. I'll add anybody on Google Plus. I wonder if Google's ever going to take that thing down. I'm on Instagram, the be hyphen. I'm on Snapchat. Add me on Snapchat. I know I haven't been as active with everything going on and stuff, but I really still love the crap out of some Snapchat. So be hyphen on Snapchat. Add me on there. We always have a good time on Snapchat, on hyphenation. Anything else I wanted to tell y'all? My recommendations. Yeah, shite. Almost forgot. I only got two for y'all, and they're both music-related. I listened to Joe Button's All Love Lost. And it was good. I'd say it's Joe's best project since Move Music 4, to be completely honest with you. So if you're a Joe Button fan, check out All Love is Lost. It's available on all music outlets right now. And then I also listened to Jeremiah's album, Late Nights. First Jeremiah project ever checked out. Everything wasn't for me. There was some trap and bee on there. But the rest of it was very solid, very catchy, and I enjoyed it. So, Jeremiah, and that's J-E-R-E-M-I-H, Late Nights. A couple bangers on there. So there's your recommendations for March 4th, 2016. Man, it's episode 8, man. I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of with myself. I'm proud of myself for keeping up with this. Because normally, you can ask anybody. I start podcast, and then I quit <laughs> like uh, nobody's business. <laughs> That's what happened to um, two web shooters and a microphone. But now I'm back, better than ever. But not Mike and Mike. And I'm just talking to me talking at this point. <laughs> I got to go inside, try to scrounge up something to eat before I got to clock back in. Because I'm closing today, which is awesome. So, thank you to everybody listening to Hyphen Nation. Appreciate you. And until next week, I'm out.